Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling. He's David Foster. Does a successful sale make you feel vindicated or worthy? Or does a lost sale or bad meeting make you feel like a loser and everything is lost? That's what we're talking about today. Better put, I think, we're talking about the dangers of taking things personally in business, your business, and how to define that separation between you, the person, and the business. It's a really, really difficult subject to talk about, largely because almost everyone that we've talked to thinks that their approach is correct. Mm -hmm. And we're here to say, at the very least, let's make it an open-ended question for the next 30 minutes so you can think about it. And there's the possibility that you might come to a different conclusion that you're better off for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking things personally in business is, I think, inevitable. Yet, the question is, how do we become aware of that we are doing that and why? I think that's really interesting to explore as well, why you feel that way. But yeah, there's there's a couple of reasons why we can feel that way and feel that we personally are attacked by a decision or a success or a failure. So I'd be curious to th- talk about why do you think in the first place we take things seriously? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I think to illustrate what you were just saying before we talk about why is the sort of definition of poison is in the dose of what you get. And so is a business important to someone who created it and runs it and potentially has their name on the door? Well, there's no doors anymore on the website. Yes, that's a really good thing and it's grounded. But how much that really defines whether it's a good thing or not. And why I think, I mean, so much is covered by, well, it's your business. Yeah. It's the thing you created, right? I think we're going back to the ego thing. I'm so sorry to repeat ourselves, but yeah, I mean, most often we are so attached because we have an idea about the future of the business, about the success of the business, and also about what that means about us if we have a successful business. And yeah, if things don't go in the direction of success, then we feel like a failure because we were building this baby. So I definitely think that's that's part of it. But it can also be that there's things going on within the business dynamics, business relationships like the team or people helping out or an investor that also is a friend or somebody you know from the past and that things get really blurry about, you know, a business decision versus keeping things well personally. And then also that can be taken personally if things don't go the way that you personally wanted it. So yeah, there's a couple of reasons I would say. Things get really blurry. Yeah. Do they get blurry on their own or are we complicit in how blurry they get? Obviously, we have a choice, and I guess we have a responsibility there. You know, that's what I would say, because, you know, in a lot of ways, yes, we always have a choice, and it's the abdication of our responsibility to make that choice and to make it clear that makes things blurry, that can then be blamed for having these personal feelings about what goes on, and I have no choice but to feel like fill in the blank, because like you said, this person's an old friend or there's some other type of relationship. And you asked a really interesting question, what this means, like this thing that happened with my business, like what does it mean to me? Yeah. And a really good way, I think, to look at that is to actually ask that question as clearly and subjectively as you can. 
I just made the big sale. What does that mean for me as a person, as my value as a person? Because really, like you and I both know, we run into this all the time that business, call it success or lack of success or the way things go, is really a proxy for self-worth. Yeah. And so how is that true? And I'm not saying how is that true, like defend yourself, but actually try to take it apart. That doesn't mean that having a successful business is not a good thing and having something fail is not a difficult thing, but those are different than self-worth. Yeah. And you talked about the ego. Yes, there are levels of that. Now, if you lied and you stole and you cheated people and you were really a bad actor and it all fell apart, what does that say about you? Well, it probably says a lot. If you did a good job, if you're a good parent, family member, community member, honest, hardworking, and something doesn't work out, that doesn't take away from all the rest. Right. Yeah. So actually, obviously, I think we're often exaggerating the the emphasis of the success or the failure or the bad luck or the good luck. It's like it's too much attached to how we feel. And then there's this connection between the outcome and our emotions, right? It, that's where this all comes from. It's like, because there's a good sale or there's a good month and I worked on that, that makes me feel like a good person because I did a really great job. But why does that make you a good person? And as you said, without it, wouldn't you be a good person either? That is an, ex I think that's an excellent question. Something happens that makes you feel good. You accomplish something. And so then therefore I'm good. No, 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 no. You know, Gordon Gecko made a lot of money. He made a lot of good decisions, obviously in the movie and quote unquote, won a lot of sales. Does that make him a good person? No, not at all. We have to pay attention to our emotions and we have to be able to manage them to a certain extent. But asking these types of questions reveals the depths of how it reflects to our ego or reflects on our ego, I should say. And to take the opposite side of the coin, when somebody has a really big achievement or a really difficult challenge, a question I always like to go to is, who would I be without all this? <laughs> yeah. I did a post about this a while ago on LinkedIn, exactly this question. And what did your post say? Well, literally asking the question, like, who am I without my business? Who am I without my business success? What makes it that I am who I am? And am I less without my business? Am I less if the business is not successful? That's the question I literally asked. And I think that's the core of this conversation as well. Who are you without that business success? And does that make you feel less? And I think if the answer is yes, it makes me feel less or it makes me feel more, self-examination is in order. Mm -hmm. Because you're using metrics to judge yourself that are necessarily harmful. And even if you quote unquote succeed, even if you sell the company for a million dollars or you make the deal or you do the thing that is going to make you feel successful, how do you interact with other humans? Because the vast majority of them are not going to really care about what you did. And if they do care about what you did, there's probably a little self-interest in there. Oh, you're a billionaire? 
let me take you to lunch. I want to pick your brain. Yeah. They want to get something out of it, which is not a bad thing. But if you think that that's a good thing about you, mm-hmm. time to ask some very deep questions and crush a little more tinfoil on the top of your head <laughs> so you can get a better signal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it comes to like the, the root of this all that, unfortunately, many people start a business with the idea that it will validate their self-worth or their success of whoever they are to a certain person, often their dad, by the way. But that's the wrong foot to be you working from. It's a toxic way of wanting to prove yourself. And thus, if things don't go as well as you intend or as expected, then that just like... Yeah, it puts you into an emotional roller coaster. And the only thing, the only solution, I guess, to that is apart from asking the question and working on that is just, can I distance myself from that success or failure within the business? Because I am not that business. Yes, I'm trying to influence and control it and get into a certain direction, Mm -hmm. but I cannot control it fully. So then how do you detach? I think that's the next step, really. Yeah, that's a fair question. And I I think a question along that same process is... How are you making your decisions if you identify with the business, if your person is identified with the business? Because the criteria by which you're making decisions, both in work and outside of work, is necessarily corrupt because you're not a better person if you double revenue Mm -hmm. and you're not a worse person if revenue goes down by 50%. You're also not a better person. Like it doesn't have anything to do with it, really. Yes, I get it. Provide for your family, you know, stable part of the community. Like those are all good things. But that is completely different than identifying with I'm a good person or a bad person. Yeah. If this goes a certain way. And are you quite sure that success as you're defining it is actually a good thing? Hmm. Not many people ask that question. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, we're going down the self-assessment route. It's mm-hmm. it's asking yourself loads of questions about what that business means to you, but also means about you, the way it's going. And what if we theoretically take out that connection, that emotional connection, right? So the business is doing whatever it's doing. I'm doing whatever I can to make it work in the best way, healthy decision-making, whether it's going in the right or wrong di- the direction. But so what? If I take out the emotional part, so what, really? What happens to the business? Does that give me more air to breathe? Does that give me more headspace, less pressure? Or does it make me feel really, really uncomfortable because I'm not sure what I am then? I think that's a good point. I want to go back to our previous episode and say we don't want to completely eliminate the emotional piece Mm -mm. because that's just information. You use it to make your decisions. But the question of what the business means to me and what the business means to my value as a person are two separate things. So this could be a very important thing to you and you want to see it succeed, but that's entirely different than I'm good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that when we're talking about the danger of taking things too personally, what we're really saying is, yes, you know, like have some emotional investment and some emotional information coming to you about the business, but don't do it to the extent that it defines you as a person. Yeah. And in that sense, we're not trying to advise anything, but 
maybe it's good to have a second outlet, something else that makes you feel good if you really need that. And it can be something really completely different, like a hobby or sports or whatever, like something you also invest your time and energy into that grows, that feels good. And then see that that emphasis on the success of that business actually goes away. I mean, I guess it's more spread out because you no longer have to attach only to that. But if you're too invested, I think it becomes a toxic way of running a business. And I think you actually end up making the wrong decisions that we just talked about in the earlier episode. I agree. And I think a big part of that toxic nature is it's natural for people in the business to imitate the leader. Mm -hmm. So if the success and failure of different projects or initiatives, whatever those are, is linked to your quality as a person, well, your executive team is going to do mm -hmm. that. The managers are going to do that. People on the front line interacting with customers are going to do that. And that's not a healthy business. It can be very, very, very fragile. Yeah. I know cases of people that are so attached that they end up in like depressive episodes when things don't go as, as well as they expected. And that's really, really not worth it, if you ask me. It's not worth your energy, your life quality, or your happiness to, to feel that way due to a business not going away. It, it should be going. And guess what? You can always step away. You can always say no. You can always sell your shares. You can kill the business. There is always an option out if it's going really in that direction. But obviously, it all starts with why you feel that attached. Right, right. And that leads us into... Somebody listening saying, well, how do I do that? How do I keep myself from being overly attached and going down that really horrible place, going down to that horrible place where they are depressed? Mm -hmm. Because look, if you're looking for your personal value in a business, it's going to be impossible to find because you can always, you will always run into things that give you some kind of negative message. And if you choose to believe those, well, then you're a loser. Yeah. It's your own projection, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so some of the things that I try to help people with as suggestions, and not everything fits, but it's in the general direction of prioritizing your own like physical and mental health. Even if it's a really, really small step, that makes a big difference. The idea of having some kind of mechanical reminder to remember what you are grateful for. It's impossible to think yourself as a loser if you routinely write or say or consider, these are the things I'm thankful for, right? Helping others is another one. One thing that I always start with when I'm working with people is, why are you doing this? Like, don't give me an investment deck. Don't send me to the about us page on your website. Like really personally, are you trying to impress the girl from eighth grade? Are you trying to make money? Are, you know, did your mother say this is a great invention and you should do it? Like w w just between you and I, what's the reason why you're doing this? Mm -hmm. And ground yourself on that reason. Not a big fan of the phone, not a big fan of social media. We know now that social media leads to depression, suicidality, we know that the people who invent it don't let their children use social media. Comparison is the thief of joy. If you take that away, there's not much downside there. I have nothing to add, honestly. 
<laughs> Echoing this, yeah. Being grateful every single day, like literally, literally, literally. This is like something I subscribe and um, prescribe my bun. And yeah, I guess what else said earlier, like find an outlet, a second outlet that you just don't focus too much on the outcome of the business because obviously it's going to like consume you and that should be healthy, stay healthy. And yes, that part of mental health and, and, and physical well-being is like key. That's the foundation of, I guess, business success in the first place, but also personal success in, in business. Feeling great, like really being optimal and, and being in a state where you can still feel feel focused and feel, I guess, happy and appreciative. And um, yeah, can also take, take a step back. What also really helps, um, I find, is looking into your progress over the past couple of years. So just kind of looking back, let's say mm. three, five years back, where were you? Where was the business? What stage were you at? And now where are you now? And it's always so easy to say, I should mm-hmm. have been there already or the business should have, but don't do that. Go back and then look at where you are now and compare that and say, wow, I've made such great progress and I'm, I'm really doing great. And look at our team and look at the people that we're bringing on and look at the mission, as you just said, like, why am I doing Like, look at how far we're bringing this mission, the impact that we're making. That's what should really drive you. And um, that's powerful stuff, really. And even though it drives you, it doesn't make you a better person or a worse person. Good addition, right? yes. You know, and this idea of a hobby, I don't know, another interest, whatever you want to call it, I don't think that's a bad idea. I want to describe an anonymized conversation that I had with somebody where I suggested something like that. And, and she came back with, well, what do I do? You know, uh, this thing has this, you know, running has this, gardening has this, yoga has this, you know, like I have to pick it for the most efficient use of time. And, you know, what am I going to get out of it? And how do I fit it in my schedule? And, you know, my response was a gentle, no, no, no. Like, like, what are you interested Mm -hmm. in? Like, if you didn't go to work, what do you find yourself doing? Or what would you find yourself doing if nobody watched you? Yeah. Maybe chase that down a little bit. And it's a very, very difficult process. But you're, you know, not to get too wishy-washy on this, but you're really talking about honoring yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you need, feeding yourself with what you need. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I promised myself I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Meditation is not a bad thing to consider. Why wouldn't you say that? You know, meditation has a really bad rap with the startup go-go culture, right? I don't have time. I know that it takes me 11 minutes to go from my bed to a Zoom call so I can stay up till three o'clock in the morning and then I can be right on Zoom like the minute before it turns on. Such a red flag, yeah. Nope, nope, take time. And you know, a lot of times I rely on the data about people's capacity after even short bouts of meditation. Why wouldn't you want that capacity? Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is something that people always get wrong about meditation. Most people think that it's about getting as silent as possible and hoping that your head stops spinning. The idea is that you notice that and you go back to trying to get rid of it. And then you notice that again. So if you start doing this based on your advice, then don't feel bad if you don't understand or if it's not working the way it should be working. It's all about that focus. And if you're not good at meditating, uh, breath work, just 
breathing mm-hmm. exercises mm-hmm. is a really, really great alternative. And after six, seven minutes of doing that work, I am a different person at least. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, a good friend of mine is a Zen priest and he runs meditation groups and retreats and that kind of thing. And he told me once that somebody came to him and said, I, I just need some help because I don't have time to meditate for an hour a day. So I want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And he thought, okay, I understand what you're saying. That means you actually need to meditate two hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, look at your personal relationship to your business, how you respond and ask yourself questions. Yes, we all have ups and downs. But if those ups and downs get to the core of who you are, that is time to ask questions. And there are ways to make the separation between what you mean as a person and what your business means as a business to draw the line between those two things and make it healthier. Yeah. Amen. Thank you to everybody for listening. And we will talk to you again in two weeks. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance, and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.